Welcome to Healthy Leagues, the one-stop podcast that bridges the gap between small to mid-sized businesses and digital marketing. In this interconnected age of the internet and artificial intelligence, if you are looking to increase your online lead flow and close deals, or just someone interested in the fusion of business growth and digital marketing, this podcast is your avenue for success. Now let's get to our host, Brian Atkinson. Welcome everyone to the Healthy Leads podcast brought to you by Ellington Digital. Today we are going to talk to you about how you can set up conversion tracking and why it's so important to track this metric. Angel, great to have you back. It's been about a month. Um, can you kind of share a little bit with us why it's been a month? You have some super exciting news everybody yeah. should know about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm definitely glad to be back. Um, the reason why I was out was due to the fact that my wife um gave birth to twins, <laughs> my twins. So, uh, yeah, so I had kids and I just needed, of course, some time off because yeah, they're, they're a handful. <laughs> Definitely two at a time was a lot crazier than I expected it would be. Yeah. And you just, you celebrated your first Thanksgiving with them. How special was that moment? Uh, having your first holiday with them. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was the whole family. So it was me and my wife, the twins, her, my father-in-law and mother-in-law. So, yeah, it was it was really awesome. So like, I actually even made a dish from like my culture. So I'm half black and half Puerto Rican. So I made some a, a dish called mofongo for all my Puerto Ricans that know. I didn't make. I, I, I failed a little bit. It was a little bit dry, but you know, I tried my best. I tried my best, and now it, it was amazing. I really just ate food and just went to sleep. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like a good Thanksgiving and a good memory to have. And yeah, it is awesome to have you back. So congratulations, one, on the news. Um, but yeah, we are excited to have you back on the show. I just appreciate it. And let's talk a little bit more about news that came out today because Sports Illustrated writers are kind of under some pressure. Sports Illustrated as a whole is under some pressure right now because a report came out that Sports Illustrated is using AI-generated articles um, and they're also publishing under like fake names, people that don't even exist, like these AI generated avatars. Um, so I'm curious, are you pro or con against having these huge publishers use AI driven content? I, I think anyone that's not using AI, it's actually kind of foolish to me because it's it's taking over such a large market that, and it's going to be here. I feel it's, it's going to be here to stay. There's no way that you can see this. What is it? The Pandora's box? kind of uh, yeah. analogy you already opened up the box you ain't closing that thing again so like we already opened up the box to ai people it's a, we would be foolish to not utilize it now do i think because I, I think you mentioned that they're like lying about it right yeah they uh there was a report <laughs> that came out and like they denied the allegations but the report here they showed like screenshots and stuff like this it, it's clearly ai like right yeah it's, so so if, in a situation like that like i'm always going to be honest if anyone asks me hey do, did you use ai for this i'm going to say 100 percent. like yeah. like i say i'm like i would i'm i'm taking pride in the fact that like i tried to use the best like i try to become a, an engineer prompt with it like i really yeah. take it very far with ai so like i don't just go into chat gpt and try to be lazy and just type yeah, up yeah. something i try to go very far and learn about prompt engineering because there's people getting paid i've, I've seen like two hundred thousand dollars just, just to be a prompt engineer so i'm totally for it but i'm, I'm curious what, what are your opinions yeah i'm a little bit like i definitely see like why you should but like it's such a large publication, like Sports Illustrated. I think it's probably one, like one of the most read, like art, like magazines um, out there. And it does just kind of put the thought in my mind of like, like what if like a Forbes went out or like an entrepreneur, like Business Insider, were just creating like AI generated articles? It would mm. just make less intrigued to like read it because are they an industry expert? Yes. Like they have all this modules in it, but like, are they really like an industry expert compared to someone that's like actually interviewed like an Elon Musk or for example? So yeah. I can see 
is. So I, I would say you you feel like the main problem is more like the original content. Because I would feel that, I kind of feel that same way. Like, oh, if the person, if there is a person that's only using, like if, if the majority of their stuff is just AI generated. Yeah. You do have a point where like our mind subconsciously probably goes, this probably isn't that much of an expert as I thought he was. So True, I mean, yeah. there is, there is, I feel like there should probably be a balance then. Like yeah. if, if all the articles, like if you know that Sports Illustrator has number one, a podcast, and then mm. they have like in-person events and all this other stuff going on. And then like 20% of their content is some blogs, you know, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just like, all right, like I still see them as the number one in, in terms of, uh, I mean, I'm not a big sports illustrated person, but yeah. <laughs> I still see them as probably like, oh, like my first thought to mind would be, you know, either ESPN, Sports Illustrated, like all these other networks. So I still see them in the top only. Yeah. And, and, they, and I know now that they use AI. So I would still see them in that in that light as an expert. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. I think it's just it's just interesting to see like these large locations utilizing AI. And I think it comes down to like what you said, like that prompt engineering. Like you can people that are in tune with like ChatGPT and what it writes. Like you can sniff out like an AI generated article like pretty easily. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> it's using that prompt engineering that you're talking about to like actually create and put together something that doesn't seem so AI driven. But if you're just putting in a simple prompt, anybody's going to be able to sniff that out. And I feel like that's kind of how this report came out. Yeah. So like if, if they're being lazy with it or if anyone's being really lazy with ChatGPT, then it's like now you're at the point where you're doing yourself a disservice because people are going to smell it out. And I 100% do agree. Like, if I could really smell it, like if I feel like you were lazy, at least if I, if I could tell that you were using chat GPT, I'll still be like, okay. But if I feel like you were being lazy with it, that just adds like a fire. That just adds like, oh man, like you were just lazy with it. I don't even really want to read this anymore. So I 100% agree. Yeah. I think that's where the fine line is for me is like, you can use chat GPT to create articles, but do not be lazy with it. Like if you're using <laughs> create something awesome like definitely go for it. i think that's a great tool but if you're just plugging in create an article based on the top 10 sports moments ever um yeah, yeah that's a no for me because you're gonna yeah. really send that out yeah that is not a good article <laughs> yeah that is super lazy like but let's talk a little bit more about conversion tracking today. Um, I'm super excited to talk about that, but let's first like define what conversion rate is. Conversion rate is how we're gonna use it. Uh, we can twist this up a little bit too, but like it's basically in simplest terms is the percentage of visitors to website who can complete a desired action. So if you're in e-commerce, it could be buying something. If you're in healthcare, it could be doing a demo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm curious a little bit more mm. about like how you have used conversion tracking uh, like with your own experience. Obviously, industries vary here, but it's obviously a huge metric that uh, companies use to track their success. So yeah, how have you... Awesome. So let's talk a little bit more about conversion tracking today. That's what this podcast is going to be about, conversion tracking and conversion rates. And so let's first define, define conversion rates and how we're going to use it. Um, and so what we say is it is the percentage of visitors to a website who complete a desired action. If you're in e-commerce, doing a purchase. If you're a healthcare company, maybe completing a demo or requesting a demo. But yeah, is that similar, Angel? Is that how you would define conversion rates as well? Yeah, it's literally the amount of people that visited the website or, I mean, there's even a conversion rate. You can do it in terms of like store visits, how many people went into your store versus how many purchased. It's just the rate of which people see something that you're offering or your whatever your service is and the amount of people that actually buy from you. So 
broken down very simply, just like that. Very simply. So if you have five people that come to your website, uh, or if you have a hundred people come to your website, five of them convert, you have a 5% conversion rate. And you may be mm -hmm. thinking that that is very low, but I actually pulled up some statistics here. Um, and I, I want to ask you, Angel, we have the doc here. What, what would you say the average conversion rate is? Surprisingly low for me when I, when I found yeah. this. It, yeah, you would definitely be surprised because in your mind, you're going to think like, oh man, like I want to get 50% of the people, you yeah. know, that come to my website. And you would think that would be the case, but it's really not. And so, our, so to answer your question first, the average conversion rate is usually going to be around 3%. That's what I've always seen as like... And across the industry, right? But it's even lower if you're like an e-commerce, for example. So that's something to know. Like, but the biggest reason why people think it's so low and they don't even like think about this actual fact is the fact that it's most of most of the time it's cold traffic. So it's mm. people that I haven't even you know interacted with the business. Most of these metrics and most of those um, the stats that you're pulling up, they're probably from cold traffic. Like the average rate at which people who don't know your business aren't familiar with anything you offer, they just see your website. They may go. And they just try to, you know, they, they're like, oh, I see something cool. I'm going to go shop around, you know? So the, the main reason why it's really low is that it's cold traffic. Because if you try to run like a retargeting campaign or you try to run a campaign to people that are already customers of yours, you're going to see a whole lot higher of a conversion rate. I think it's super interesting. Like I would love to see what like an Amazon's, what, like what their uh, conversion rate it's, is. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's like really 30%. It's 30, you think probably it's, it's, it's like, around no. like 30%. Yeah. And like with the whole, uh, like we just had cyber Monday, like yesterday, black Friday, last week, like, I feel like conversion rates, do you think they fluctuate a lot during black Friday or like, like, yeah, I'm curious, like what's your experience with that or yeah. yeah. What do you so, so around black Friday, like you're going to see a lot more people start purchasing because, um, there's a distinct <laughs> mindset between somebody that's shopping and that's ready to buy. You know? Yeah. Like someone, someone could just be looking around. Oh, like I'm just casually looking at this product, right? Like, uh, this mouse right here. I'm just casually looking for a mouse. Like I wanted to get an ergonomical mouse the other yeah. day, right? I've been, I've been shopping around for an ergonomical mouse. I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet, right? Like I just yeah. know that it's not the time yet. So around Black Friday, Cyber Monday, those people that have been thinking about things for months and months and months, it's always now is the time that they're going to be like, I'm ready to buy. Like they're in that mindset where they're like, I'm ready to go. Like the deal is here. I'm ready to here, take my credit card. So <laughs> <laughs> like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you're definitely gonna see a lot higher conversion rate. I mean, it's quarter four in general. Like usually this is the time when people see like the biggest amount of revenue. Yep. And I think that like hits on it perfectly because like I've been wanting to get a new Yeti like uh water bottle thing. This thing is like so <laughs> busted, like you can it's, like it's in the Walmart. Target <laughs> <laughs> for like ten dollars. It's last me a while. It's like broken now, yeah. but to that exact point though, like I've been doing, doing research, like, oh, what do I want to buy? But I was like, oh, like, I'm just not ready to buy. But yesterday there just so happened to be a deal, uh, <laughs> hopped on Amazon and bought a new water bottle. So oh. I think that really speaks to it. But I also think it's a challenge too, because like I knew I wanted like a new jacket, um, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted. So I just kept searching and searching, going on all these pages, like, oh, they don't want it. They don't have, they don't have what I want. They don't have what I want. They don't have what I want. Um, but I agree with you. I think the overwhelming majority, I think the conversion rates just skyrocket during Black Friday and the reasons you spoke about. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that it even segues perfectly into uh, like, you see how we were talking about, it took us quite a long time to mm -hmm. even make, to come to this decision of a purchase. Yeah. It literally seg it segues perfectly into why people should be tracking their conversions. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the honest truth is you're actually not even going to be able to track all your conversions. Like, mm. unfortunately, there's such a crazy conversion path that people are taking nowadays that yeah. it's no longer, we're no longer in the days when like, I don't know if you've ever seen Gary Vaynerchuk's story. Like he, he's the most famous person. That's why I'm just going to use him yeah, as an yeah. example. Um, he originally got started 
running his father's wine store online. And he used Google ads. Back then it was called AdWords, right? Uh -huh. And he would run like five cent clicks to his father's store. And, and I bet you the conversion rate probably, it was a lot higher back then because people weren't as desensitized to ads. But yeah. he was running like five cent clicks and just exploded the business. I think it was like doing 1 million to like 6 million wow. or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount. But we're now in the age when it's it's not going to be that one click to the wine store anymore. Like If he were to try to run that same exact sure. campaign, that's not happening. I'm sorry. It's, like, it's, it's not happening. So the reason why we need to use conversion tracking is because we want to, number one, make informed decisions. You cannot yeah. just, if you're spending money on a campaign, you can't just be, you're going to be literally just, what is it? Driving blind. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you don't know where you're going and you don't know what decision to make because it's not informed by any data. It's not backed by anything. It's just your assumptions, right? Yeah. That's the biggest point. Number one, to make the data informed decisions for yourself. And then number two is the fact that people are using literally one of the biggest algorithmic learning <laughs> machines on the planet, Google. Like if, especially if you're running your ads on Google, uh, this applies to all platforms in general because most of them are algorithmic learning right yep, but yep, yep. google google is one of the biggest ones it, it has a ginormous library of information on us that we voluntarily give right we never yeah, read the terms absolutely. we never read the terms and conditions so we voluntarily give our data over and so they use the conversion data that you give them and they go and find that person so if you know that on your store right you had five purchases and yep. it took you let's say a hundred dollars initially just to get those five purchases right and this is cold traffic this is the first time you set up your campaign it took you a hundred dollars just to get five purchases you should shouldn't worry and you should keep going, which is why I always say, do not even get into this. If you're not going to, if you don't have the runway for like six months, three months, don't even bother getting into paid ads because it's going to crush you, you know? But if you get those five purchases, Google's now going to see those five purchases and go, okay, I'm going to go find five people similar to who just purchased. And they're, mm. they're going to go out and go try to find it. Now your campaign is more efficient in the future. And now instead of paying a hundred dollars for five purchases, you may just have to pay $50. Yeah. You, you see, so it's like a learning algorithm. So like, those are the two main reasons people need to be tracking their conversions. That's super interesting. So Google's going to be able to, just to kind of clarify that, because I, I did not know this. Uh, you, you are literally a wizard at Google. Uh, <laughs> just to like clarify that. So Google's going to be able to say like, oh, these five people converted. Let's find five people that are similar to those five um, and like really target them. And that's why 100%. you need that one for six months, three to 100%, six months. 100%, 100%. And then it gets more intricate. Like there, you can go down really, like we only have a couple, we only have a few minutes on here, but I'll, I'll try to get as, I'll go more high level, right? But you can really get down into the weeds where we start talking about things such as like attribution, right? Um, like I was yeah. saying, like what could be attributed to what? So like if you have five campaigns running, um, one may be on display, the other one may be on YouTube, then another one may be on search, right? How do you know where the conversion got attributed to, right? Mm. Because right now, unfortunately, like I said, you can't track all the conversions. And right now youtube is a very i don't know why but google is just not good at attributing conversions to youtube so like you may be running a campaign on youtube spending i've seen you know campaigns that run ten thousand dollars a month spending yeah. on youtube you go into the google ads account it may show up five conversions for a cost per uh, conversion of like 1500 right? Yeah. <laughs> like it may just be like a ridiculous. And on the outside, you're going to be like, dang, like $1,500 for a conversion. But then yeah. if you look on the back end of your business, which is why it's important to match up what's actually going on in the business and then what's actually what you're spending your money on. So then you may look and be like, hey, you know, we're only really running YouTube ads as like our main, main traffic source. We have a couple search ads and those yeah. aren't getting attributed conversions. But man, on our back end, we just got 50, 100 leads this week. And that's yeah because there's such a long cycle. I may be watching somebody's content for three months and then for, you know, a month later, I may convert, you know, it, it, and it's hard to track that entire cycle. So 
you could get real deep into the weeds with it. I was going to say, I feel like, and it is so important to like know that attribution reporting, because that's like essentially how you determine like where you should put your focus at or Mm -hmm. where you should be allocating budget towards. Is it, should it be towards display any of these different ideas? But um, I'm curious, what would you say as the overall of the companies like you've worked with? Like just so people can maybe be humbled here, maybe be hyped up here, like out of scale, like one to 10, like how good do you think companies conversions tracking are that you've just experienced that you walked through? I swear, man, it, it blows my mind. It literally blows my mind every time I see it. And it feels like uh, it hurts the heart. <laughs> I mean, I, it hurts the heart. But at the same time, it's like, man, there's so much opportunity. I can't wait to dive in yeah. to this account. But literally, I, I kid you not, 50% of the accounts that I, I've done audits on, no conversion track, literally zero. <laughs> like no conversion tracking at all. Interesting. And so like some of these companies that you've worked with, like what are, what are typically conversions that they're looking for here? I spoke mm. a little bit about like the e-commerce before, it might be purchasing something, requesting a demo, but like, what are some common things that people should be tracking conversions for? Yeah. 100%. So we all know that, I mean, in the e-commerce world, right, it's very, it's known that email is probably going to be one of your biggest drivers aside from, you know, the paid media. So like, for example, are you tracking the amount of people that subscribe to your newsletter, right? Like, you yeah. know, how many times do we go on a website and then a little pop-up comes up, hey, do you want to subscribe for 10% off? Yeah, yeah. I always do it. I ain't, I'm not going to lie to you. I want that 10% off. So there's a lot of people that do that. So, and that can, that is considered a, a form fill, right? So that's, yeah. that's a conversion in itself. Now for service-based businesses, usually it comes down to two things which is either a call directly to the business or it's going to be a lead form field. It's usually those two with service, uh, service-based businesses or literally anything that's not e-commerce comes yep. out to those forms. So those are the most common that I've seen. Of course, you can have, oh, the person, I mean, honestly, it all comes down to the form because you can have a lead magnet where it's like, oh, download our checklist on how to do whatever, right? You yeah. know, just have a lead magnet. It's going to be a form. You just put your email, your name, click download, and now you have that person's contact information. So it usually always comes down to those two things, call or form field. Yeah. And I feel like a form field is like, it's hard. Hard. Um, in my experience, like the best forms that I I have done that I've worked on in the past is basically our lead magnet was like, hey, like get a free video, um, like $1,500 plus value on this. And it converts so well because we had that huge lead magnet right there. Like we quantify that lead magnet. Mm-hmm. Um, and our form fill was like, just enter an email. So it was such mm-hmm. a low friction point where we got so many calls. But the balance with that is some of the calls like kind of sucked because like I'm getting like Gmails. Um, I'm getting like Gmails. I'm getting people that like don't have a budget at all um, mm-hmm. to go past the free video. So it's a little hard. Um, but yeah. form fills, if we wanted to balance that, we included like, oh, you need to do the company name just to add a little bit more friction there. Yeah. And, and this goes into something that people don't realize. Like I've always, and I'm going to be hundred percent honest. I've always been a proponent of reducing the conversion friction. Right. So like, sure. as, as, you, as you said, like having just the email, like I, I was running campaigns, not even that long ago, just to test it out. Okay. Like how, how's the landscape of doing this now, but yeah. just running an email for a lead magnet. Right. And it, and this is just be like a lead magnet. So nothing like a serious quantifiable thing. Like I just want to get them in the door. So that could, that could really work. Right. If it's like a lead yeah. magnet, Hey, it may not even be the free one. Like it, it should probably be, if you're going to do something like that, it should probably be more associated with something that's evergreen. So yeah. a free video is something you have to put your time and your money and your effort and your yeah. resources into. Right. But let's say you had, you had, um, how to structure your first TikTok video for a high converting ad or something like, right. Like, like just a guide or something, or yeah, literally yeah. just a, okay. a a 10 minute course, right? That's evergreen. You don't ever have to edit it. <laughs> you can just you can just give it out. And no matter if the person is bad or not, you're still going to get people that are downloading it, right? Now it goes into the fact of like, let's say you want the person that, for example, right? Um, we work with a dance studio. Okay. 
And they're not just any dance studio, right? It's, it's, it's a very particular client. I'm not going to say the name because I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but they're looking for a very, very particular client, right? This is like yeah. 50 and up. They're usually 50 and up. Um, they're very, very wealthy. And their dance packages start at like $5,000, right? Yeah. Now, I, I, as you can probably think, it takes a certain type of person to convert for $5,000, right? For sure. <laughs> you know, but the lead magnet is one free private dance lesson. Yeah. Now, hey, who wouldn't take that? You know what I mean? I'm taking it, you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm not your customer. I can tell you, I ain't spending no $5,000 on a dance package. But, um, so in that case, we should be quality. Like there should be way more form fills because as I said before, Google ads is a learning yeah. algorithm. So it's going to learn based on the people that converted on that form, right? And yeah. so if you add more forms, when you know that, hey, I'm having a lead quality issue, it's going to be a lot harder for those people are going to qualify themselves. And you can even do conditional things. So like, this is me talking about Facebook, right? On Facebook uh, lead ads, there was just a recent update. I don't know how long ago, but um, you ha you now have conditional form fields. Uh, fields, yeah. So you can yeah. fill out the form. And what that means is that instead of just going to a thank you page, that's just standard to every person that answers answers the questions, you can have a specific thank you page based on how the person answered the question. Oh, so wow. Let's, yeah. So like, let's say um, in the example of like your video, you could put how much is your budget for a video, right? Exactly. The, per the person may put, right? Oh, I'm only going to spend a hundred dollars, right? And you go, thank you for your, thank you for your input. Here's a good, uh, a lead magnet <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for, for an evergreen lead magnet. But let's say that person goes, my budget is $5,000 and yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. And how soon? Are, and then the next question would be, how soon are you looking to get this video up. I need this up in two weeks. Boom. Yeah. Now, instead of landing, sending them to a dang lead magnet, you're going to send them directly, hey, book this page to immediately talk with me. And if we're not, if we don't contact you back in the next five minutes, a free $5 Starbucks gift card. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good way to get your show up rate. You know, like, <laughs> so that's a little tip right there. In, in your, uh, you know, speed to lead, say, if we don't contact you yeah. fast enough in five minutes, free $5 Starbucks gift card. Exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, so like you can do a lot of interesting things and add those form fills to get more of a quality lead. Exactly. And that's what we're doing. So we wanted to put like, like, what's your budget for like video in 2024, for example, because 2024 is a month away. Um, mm. So like budget, like what's your job time, like just to get their buying power and whatnot. But we want to make it a little bit more friction than just enter an email to get a free video and like have a conversation, mm -hmm. see if we're a fit. We want to really narrow it down. And our leads might go down. Of our leads, of course, are going to go down, but the lead quality is going to go way up. So exactly. Really to have a balance like that. So we'll definitely have to report on that and how that can <laughs> And, uh, absolutely. absolutely. And, and you know what the benefit is too? Like most people, there's always that battle. I think we had an episode uh, behind this. You know, there's a battle between marketing and sales. Oh, yeah. the leads are bad. Oh, you're not closing the leads well. Well, how about this? As a marketer, I'm just going to take the initiative and try to get the sales team the absolute best leads as possible to the point exactly. where all they have to do is just call it up and just like, for example, for a senior living facility, if I start adding all those forms, like I'm looking to move in nine months, my budget is $5,000. I'm looking for this um, food plan. I have these allergies and, you know, obviously it gets to a point where you're going to put too many form fields, but you yeah, know, yeah. add a good amount. If you're telling me that this, the, the sales team can't close this lead that has given us all this information, it's not a problem with marketing. It's a problem with sales. For sure. <laughs> so, yeah. It is such a balance. Um, and I have so many ideas running of like what I want to be doing now. So thank you for that. Um, and so uh, mental exercise that you just now put me through. Um, but we do, we want to go through something super important that we want to hit on here. Um, and I think you're going to share your screen here on how you can yeah. set uh, conversion tracking through Google ads. So 
you guys are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, go over to YouTube. This will be here too. If you're on YouTube, stay because Angel's yes. going to share a little bit more, uh, actually show you how to set up conversion tracking. So if you want to take it away. Yeah. So I'm going to do something. Um, I'm going to go beyond just setting up conversion tracking, right? So there's normal conversion tracking. And like I said, most people are going to track lead form fills. But if you remember what I said before, Google is optimizing their campaigns and whatever campaign you're running based yeah. on the information that you give them. So your campaign is only going to be as good as the data that you give it, right? I'm repeat that one more time so people can understand the premise of where I'm going. Your campaign will only be as good as the data that you give it, right? So instead of tracking lead forms where you know that person A may come in and he may be bad quality, person B came in, he was all right quality, but then um, person C came in and he was stellar. We want more people. So I'm going to show you guys exactly how to set up a conversion based on who you want. And this is through offline conversion tracking. And this is mainly, this is really only for um, uh, not e-commerce, but lead generation. So if you generate leads and you know that's your main source of how you close deals, you need to be, you need to definitely pay attention, right? So I'm just going to share my screen. 100%, I'm going to share my screen. So in Google Ads, this is just a dummy account that I just uh, set up real quick for the sake of this. And let's just go to actually the home. So usually, usually when you log in, you're going to be prompted with this screen. It's going to have overview. You'll probably have your campaigns and everything, right? But you're going to want to go over to tools and settings, right? This is where your conversion actions are actually hosted. So mm -hmm. I have none right here uh, at the moment, obviously. Like I said, it's a dummy account. So you're just going to hit, usually when you set a conversion up, it's going to be like a little table and in the right corner or yeah, right top uh, section right over here, there'll be new conversion action. It's going to be like a little plus button. You're just going to yep. hit that if you've already set up conversion tracking. If you haven't, then it's going to look like this. So for the offline conversions, this is going to take a little bit of uh, not too much manual labor, but it's going to take some, some work on your part, right? So First thing that you need to be doing before you even start this is you need to have a CRM. Again, you need to have a CRM. I don't know why companies think they're just going to get away without having a CRM. It just blows my mind. I don't know why they don't track the amount of sales, like the people that are coming in and where they are in the, in the you know, deal value. Like it just confuses me why they don't have a CRM, but you need to have a CRM. Okay. I personally recommend go high level. That's the one I've been using. Um, HubSpot is also good as well. Haven't used Salesforce, but you know, all the other ones, I mean, just have a CRM in general because yep, what yep. you need is you need the, um, the GCLID, right? And this is going to be a little piece of code that's going to be added to the URL of, for when a person clicks on your ad. And actually, I'm getting ahead of myself because before you even set up any of this, right, in your campaign settings, shoot, I can't even. Okay, so in your campaign settings, right, if you click on a campaign right here, you're going to click on your campaign and you're going to head down. There's going to be the settings button right here. You're going to go to your account settings and you're going to make sure that auto tagging is enabled. Okay, because auto tagging is going to be the information that has your GCLID ID. So you can see right here, automatically as a parameter, messing up the word, whatever. See your URL to help you track offline conversions, right? It says it right there. So you're just going to make sure that this is checked and you're going to make sure that you save that, right? And then once you do that, now you have uh, the current step. So like I said, you have to have the CRM yep. and you have to make sure that your CRM is going to take that GCLID. You can talk to your web developer to make sure that's all set up. They'll know what to do. Right, just make sure that they know, or whoever's managing the CRM, just make sure that the GCLID ID that's coming from the ads um, as a source is being imported into the CRM, right? So once you have all that set up, right, your auto tagging in your CRM and the GCLID is importing into your CRM, you're going to go to that new conversions. You're going to go to import and you have a couple options. Usually it's best practice. I do recommend this, right? having multiple ways to kind of track where your conversions are coming from and have multiple ways to track, okay, is my Google ads reporting 
correctly because users are going to see differences between Google Analytics and your Google Ads in terms of uh, reporting and yep. attribution. So I, I prefer not to rely on <laughs> importing the, the Google Analytics, but there's there's a bunch of options for you if you run apps. Uh, I've never particularly run an app campaign in general, uh, just mostly lead, lead generation e-commerce. So I can't really speak too much on this, but you have right here um, an automatic way, right? It used to, you, you can just literally select whatever CRM you're using. Um, if you're using Google Sheets, which is going to be the example that I'm going to show, um, Google My Business, you have all these options, right? That you can automatically import it without doing too much work. All you have to do is just follow the instructions that it gives you and um, you'll be all set up. So, but I'm going to show one of the manual ways, right? And I think I'm, I'm going to show the manual way because it's going to be most applicable to everyone, right? Most people, they may not have Zapier, which is what, uh, like, for example, like I'm, you're going to see that I'm going to use Google Sheets, but for Google Sheets in this section, you have to use the Zapier link. So, you know, this, this example that I'm showing is most applicable to everyone. All right. So you're going to hit the manual import using API or uploads, and this is going to require you to upload a list, right? So you're going to hit track conversion from clicks. You can track conversions from calls as well, but you do need to have a software that is able to import the GCLIT ID, right? Like everything is going to be dependent on this GCLIT ID. You need to make sure you have the GCLIT ID because if you don't, you'll never know who the conversion is attributed to, right? It's very important. And uh, yep. I know, I, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Go High Level also has the call tracking enabled, which allows for GCLIT ID. But um, yeah, so you're going to hit the track conversions from clicks, hit continue, and you're just going to use a, uh, what's it called here? So you're just going to make sure that the category is correct. Um, there's been kind of speculations whether it really matters. Personally, I think it does. So like if a person not only... Like, let's say they, for example, purchase something from your business. I think it's very important to tell Google, like, hey, this is a purchase, right? So I prefer to just use purchase. Then make sure that you have a name that's actually, it's, it's really clearly defining what the conversion is. And the reason why is because the way I like to do my reporting, right, is sometimes I'll have the action, the conversion action segmented out. So if you have you know, an unclear conversion name, you're not going to know what, what it really means in your reports. So it's just a good rule of thumb to just make sure that there's a clear name. So like, let's say for this example, uh, this is just a, a setup. So I'm going to put purchased a desk, <laughs> purchased a desk in store, right? And I'm typing with one hand. So my apologies for going slow. Purchased a desk in store, right? And you're going to make sure that you use, use a value for each of these conversions. And the reason why, right? Most conversion tracking on lead generation doesn't have a value, which is not that good, right? We want to know how much revenue is coming from each person, right? We want to optimize for the person that may purchase a $5,000 desk compared to, you know, like a $100 desk or something, right? Um, so you're, you're going to have to enter a value, but enter a value that isn't, that won't throw off your data too much. So, you know, if you know that, okay, all my the average order value or the average thing that someone purchases is like $100. You just put in $100, right? Um, and then you're going to make sure that you count every single one. Okay, that's very important. Every single one. You're going to leave it as 90 days for your conversion window. And for attribution, if you don't know what this is, just just leave it. Um, it's just, <laughs> just leave it. If you don't know what attribution is, don't even, don't bother messing with it. Just leave it as data-driven and you'll be all good. going to hit create and continue. Now, once you do that, you're, uh, I haven't messed around too much with the enhanced conversions. so. For this example, I would just leave it off for right now, but just continue forward, right? And then this right here is your conversion. So this is going to show up right here. And so now this is the most important part where we're actually going to be importing the leads. So in your CRM, like I mentioned, each person that was a lead that comes in is going to have the GCLIT ID. And it's going to have all the information that was from your form, 
right? And so you need to go to uploads and you're going to go to new upload, select source, and going to go to Google Sheet. Now you can link to an existing sheet, right? And so for this example, all right, I can't do that right now, but for this example, all right, so you're just going to hit Google Sheet and you're going to click on an existing sheet. So in this sheet, you'll, you'll use this template, right? So you just go to Google Sheets and you're going to be using this. So just click on that. This will give you the template and this is exactly the forms that you need to fill out. And so once you get this, once you get this created, you're just going to link it over to this. So the Google click idea, like I said, in your CRM, you're going to, it's probably going to be a number such as let's, this is literally just going to look exactly like a, it's just going to be a string of numbers, right? One, two, three, four, five. It's just going to be a string of numbers. The conversion name, make sure that the conversion name is the exact same as what you labeled it as in Google ads and talking down to the case, it's case sensitive. So if you don't have it labeled correctly, it's not going to attribute it um, properly within the reporting. So you're going to make sure you do that. Um, conversion time, you have to put it in a, in a specific format that I actually have here. And we can link all this stuff in the show notes. Um, there's literally a whole entire support document if my instructions are not clear enough. So <laughs> there's an entire support document for you guys to follow. But uh, right here is the format for what you need to put your timestamp is, uh, timestamp as. And so once you have that uh, implemented there, you just put that there and then you have your conversion value. So let's say it was a $5,000 sale. Boom, you just put that in as 5,000. And then uh, your currency, of course, we're in the United States, so it's just USD. And then as soon as you do that, you literally just, like I mentioned, you link this to that Google Sheet. So I don't know why it's not giving me the permission to do it, but for the sake of the example, you're just going to click it and you'll have one pop up. You'll just click that one that, that uh, popped up. And then from there, you're literally all set to go. <laughs> so, and then you're going to literally be optimizing rather than for a lead form, you're going to be optimizing for someone that actually made the physical purchase, which is what you want. So over time in like a year, like it may take some time depending on your budget, right? Because your budget may, let's say you're starting out with a thousand. You're not going to have a lot of conversion data to go off of, right? Yeah. You're just not going to have a lot of conversion data to go off of. So it's going to be important that you're tracking everything, number one. And then number two, have a proper budget that you know that, hey, and have a proper expectation for the budget. So if you know that, all right, I'm not seeing the, the results I want in three months, but you're spending $500, it's like, and you know that your average cost per acquisition is going to be around that $100 mark. It's like, all right, you're going to have to wait a while to get that amount of data that's going to be sufficient for Google to make the optimization. So just be aware of that. But it was it's pretty straightforward. Like I said, we're going to attach the um, the support document for Google. So you can just follow that directly if my instructions were not clear enough. Wait, I was doing this off to the side. I was trying to like follow along with you. So I'll have to actually walk back as uh, we were kind of flying through, but uh, yeah. that's super helpful. And it's obviously like just so important to do and not enough people do, as you said, 50% that I feel like you're <laughs> on that too. Have that set up. Uh, um, so that's a, that's a good tidbit to add there. 100%. But yeah, Angel, thank you so, so much, everyone. You, we learned a lot in this talking about conversion track and Angel actually showed us the exact how to on how to do that. So yeah, thank you guys for tuning in today. Angel, great to have you back. I love hosting this podcast. <laughs> So, absolutely same 